Dungeoneers, and welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that will grant all of your deepest wishes. Some terms and conditions apply. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined as always by my friends and co-hosts. I have Daniel over here who has not put down the player's handbook since last episode. Oh, my poor arms. They hurt so much. It's not a heavy book, but like, you have no idea how hard it is to drive when your hands are locked on either side of the page and you're stuck on the page of the wrong class. It's, ter- it's terrible. It's terrible. Shameful, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next to him, we have the much more responsible Janelle, who already updated her character as soon as we finished up last week. Uh, yeah. Done and done. She's ready to go. Out here to know, kick some butt and maybe not die this time. But we'll see. I have hopes, but they're not very high. Yeah, no no promises, Janelle. Yeah. <laughs> Nate's also joining us today, bringing his less than optimal leveled up character to the table once again. I'd like to call it role playing. After all, barbarian wizard sounds like the greatest combination in the world. He can both rage and throw a firebolt at you. What could be more Wait, infuriating? Nate, Nate you're, you didn't go barbarian. Please tell me you didn't multi-class in a barbarian. Listen, listen. There are surprises meant to be said in the future, and all will be known soon. Well, anyway, to make up for Nate's failings, Joel over here has brought a much better optimized character. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it can make up for Nate, considering that would be like trying to fill the Grand Canyon with just a shovel and one man, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) Got him. Chol, it's the it's not the Grand Canyon. I thought it was the like uh, the abysses and other things like that. It's in the ocean. No, that's already filled with water. <laughs> <laughs> See, this it's is why te- his characters are optimized. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, no, God. it's the tears of Joel knowing that he has to work so hard in order to fill this Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> poor guy. And finally, the man you've all been waiting for. We have AJ. Ready to roll some freaking dice. Oh, my God. He's got so many. They're spraying out of his hand uh, like nature's beauty. It hurts. Oh, my God. They're just going through the veins. I can't. Oh, there goes my glasses. Oh, TV. Uh, AJ, dice put your roll. hand down. It's hitting me in the eye. Ah. So you get for playing a barbarian. You get all those dice. <laughs> it's big ass dice. <laughs> oh, goodness. Big ass dice. Well, guys, I'm really excited for this week because as i said last episode you guys are now level two Woo! Yeah! <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> oh god i had to lean back for that one to get the get the diaphragm in there oh jeez. <laughs> oh don't worry we heard it through multiple sources yeah. oh, okay <laughs> oh you, you you want another one you no, you want stop you want second servants don't yell it hasn't quite yeah! gone through this stop yelling <laughs> Oh, that went through my mic even. Yeah, I think about 2,000 miles away from you. I going to say, he's going to start cutting out on my mic if he keeps doing that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, anyway, to save time, you guys, I think we're going to skip our usual goofy banter before we get started, and we're just going to jump right into talking about what you guys got from these level ups. So, Daniel, why don't you go first? What, it, what has Gunner been doing lately, and how did that lead to him achieving second level and what what all did you get at second level well so i don't think the question is what he has been doing i think it's more like what he hasn't been doing because the 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 problem with gunner is that he's a bit scatterbrained so he's been doing a lot you know i don't want to divulge too much of gunner's backstory but let's just say in his youth he was pretty badass um and now he's like sad and like old and sad. No, I'm kidding. He's not old. He's actually still quite young. Very young at heart. But he he's he wasn't really sure how to like get back into this sort of adventuring spirit. So every time he thinks of something, he's just been doing it. And so he's been doing a lot of practice for like a whole bunch of random different things. 
which leads into what he got at second level, which is Jack of All Trades. So this is a second level bard feature. Essentially what this does is all of the ability checks that uh, would not normally include my proficiency bonus, I now get to add half my proficiency bonus, rounded down. Oh, nice. On top of all that, Gunner is a very, um, well, you know, he's he's foolish, but more than anything, he's a coward. And part of that, a lot of that is anxiety-driven. So sometimes, sometimes he needs to kind of just, like, cool off, you know? So one of the things he does to cool off is he plays his pan flute. And since I think a lot of his magic is emotion-driven... I think some of his uh, pan flute playing is starting to really pick up his soothing magic. You one would call it restful magic, which is how he got his other second level bard feature, Song of Rest. So essentially, during short rest, whenever Gunner is doing any kind of performance and oration or whatever, I would say probably most of the time it's going to be either a dance or pan flute. Or his uh, moo-moo snoo-snooze. Mm-hmm. That is special occasions only. And if, <laughs> and if any of the audience members are cows, which happens more than you would think. More than you would think. Uh, so the description goes, if you or any friendly creatures who can hear your performance regain hit points at the end of the short rest, each of those creatures regains an extra 1d6 hit points. So Gunner's soothing pan flute now extends to more than just him it extends to his friends and it only gets better as he gains more levels as a bard well nice anything else daniel oh and i got one more first level spell slot so there's that oh spectacular i like that all right so then moving on to janelle what have you got for me well I think the reason that Vez has leveled up is actually out of sheer rage of the fact that she keeps <laughs> um, getting knocked out. Uh, <laughs> so she figured that since uh, she keeps going down and part of that is because her party, specifically one person, um, has <laughs> now caused her to go down. She has been meditating and focusing on her strength more practicing some of her cool moves i guess you could say but now she has actually gained the ability to use key points and i have two of them now so there i can do a couple of things that my new level up has allowed me and they're fury of blows one that's called patient defense and then step of the wind so maybe we'll see one of those come out this episode now to be clear, the party member you're referring to obviously is Aogon, because he's just so dang passive. I can imagine why Vez would be angry about it. Yep. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I just wanted, because the audience oh, might man. have been confused. It almost sounded like you were talking about Gunner, but I, did, I didn't want them to think that was the case. Yeah, I mean, why would it be Gunner? I mean, it's not like she actually got the people to agree to leave them alone, and then he punched them in the face. And then mm-hmm. the damage she took was literally mm-hmm. just enough so that had... She's sure. not taking that damage. She would have had one health point left and not gone mm-hmm. down that round um, right. when she got stabbed. Um, so well, yeah, guys, definitely. How about, how about not we uh, we keep Gunner. your personal issues out of the episode, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and let's use that as a segue to move on to Nate. Nate, why don't you tell me about Jasper, what he's been doing, and how he's leveled up? Jasper's just been sitting there reading from the tomes that he's been given a long time ago little arcane runes and other things like that. And he's sitting there deciphering them. And every so often, just with a little giggle, as the gnomish handwriting always just looks so small. And from there, he's just been trying to study and learn what used to be written. And from there, he managed to level up in a wizard, which allowed him to become second level, which lets him choose his arcane focus. Uh, arcane tradition? Yes, that's what it's called. In which case, he'll be going down the enchantment tradition. In particular and so far all it does is basically just let me copy down spells cheaper faster you know all the good spells and the fun ones and then starting at second level I'm allowed to enthrall and hypnotize people if they're within five feet of me if they can hear or see me which basically makes them fall unconscious until attacked or I decide to end it and as long as I maintain it as an action they will be hypnotized and they originally get just one save or until they're attacked at least 
So we'll see what fun and mischief I'll get into with this at some point. All right, well, Nate, I'm excited to see what you do with that. So now we're going to move on to Joel. So besides developing Aegon so that he is even more infuriating for Vez, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you tell me what Aegon's gained moving on to second level? Well, I think Aegon has been uh, wandering around doing the will of his celestial patron, and uh, due to his undying devotion, he has been granted uh, his second level warlock abilities uh, called Eldritch Invocations. Uh, however, I would I would prefer to term these as uh, Celestial Invocations or something of the like, since Eldritch has a very evil connotation to it. And we all know Aegon's a very non-evil kind of guy, right? Yeah, you've got like a, a pack, but it's not with a, an evil being. It's with a yeah. very good one. Exactly. Uh, so the Eldritch Invocations I picked up this level are Agonizing Blast, which essentially allows him to add his constitution modifier to any damage dealt by uh, his Eldritch Blast, as well as Devil's Sight, which uh, I might flavor towards something more of an angel sight. I was going to say, yeah, Agonizing Blast (laughs) and Devil's Sight definitely sound like celestial abilities to me. And I just realized that uh, I made a mistake earlier and I said constitution modifier, whereas I meant charisma modifier. Ah, gotcha. We, I, I knew that. I didn't want to interrupt you because you were doing so well. So I, I definitely knew that. There was no way that I was going to ever slip by me. Ever. Why would you think so, yeah. Yeah, I, catch I, everything. I definitely know everything about every character. So I would have I would have caught you, Joel. I would have caught you. Yeah. Uh, but in addition to his invocations, Aegon also gained another spell slot as well as a new spell. And one more d6 for his healing light uh, class ability. Oh, nice. So even and pump even more healing into your allies before they go down again. That's right. Or after they go down. Either way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joel. Well, I'm really excited to see how all this plays out for you. So let's move on to AJ now. AJ, I know you've been waiting for a little while now to tell us what you're getting, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'll just lay it on us. What is Fio getting at second level? Fio gets so much stuff. It's crazy. It's going to take forever for me to explain it all. Uh, but I guess I'll just start. Uh, Fio has been doing a lot lately. He's seeing a lot of things that he hasn't seen before. He's, he's seeing these new towns, these herds of cows running around. He's never had to deal with these types of dangers before, so he's developed this new kind of uh, danger sense, if you will. And uh, that's, that's a feature that barbarians get at second level, so basically he gets a, an advantage on dexterity saving throws against things that he can see, as long as you know he has, doesn't have any uh, detriment, such as being blinded, deafened, or or incapacitated for that matter but he's also been doing a lot of fighting lately and he's been sort of losing control in a way which is another i guess perk in a way but to him he feels it's sort of a detriment he's learned how to recklessly attack but it's more of an instinct really so in general he gets advantage on attack if he loses control of his defense in a way so if he does a reckless attack He'll get advantage on the attack, but then other things will get advantage on him later on. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of throwing himself into the middle of the fight without any regards to his own safety. So it's like leaving him open. Right. And part of that comes from his his background and how selfless he is in general. But in a way, it's because he doesn't know what else to do. And he's trying to pick up on that and lean into it in a way. And that's the amazing amount of stuff that Theo gets at second level. I know it took forever, guys. Oh Thank gosh. you for, for hanging out. Barbarians are so complicated. <laughs> I, I can't get over it. All right. Well, thanks, AJ. I'm just as excited to see all of that. Everyone knows barbarians are ridiculously complicated, so I'm <laughs> glad you've risen to the occasion to play one. That's what I do. So now... Something that we didn't talk about, each and every one of you gains more hit points when you level up. 
I know some of you are going to take the standard amount for your class, which we're not going to go into detail because that's a nitty gritty thing that people can read about if they want to. But Nate and AJ are both adamant about rolling dice to determine how many hit points they get. So we will start with Nate. You get to roll a d6 to determine how many hit points you get. So Thank you. I just want to say it's the manly men who are actually rolling for their hit points, the ones who really want to uh, thrive in this world. Yeah, Janelle, aren't you sad you can't be a manly man? I'm devastated. Nobody told me that that's what that meant. Oh, well. (laughs) I don't want a chance. She's already gone down a lot, so, you know... Maybe she'll just sit this one out for the, for this moment. <laughs> she may shift later, and maybe then she'll be a manly man, or he'll be a manly man. Fez does what she wants. We'll see. Yeah. So, Nate, why don't you give us that D6 roll real quick, add your constitution, and tell us how many hit points you gain. Alrighty. Let's see. Well, Jasper was uh, sitting there reinforcing his armor, and... Um, Thought when he looked into the mirror and saw the imperfections in his uh his armor, he's like, I need to cover all these holes with nether diamonds and gems and other things like that. I can't go around looking so terrible. Because he rolled a natural one for his hit. <laughs> oh no. Oh my <laughs> god, Nate. Oh no. <laughs> so you gain you gain three hit points when you could have gained six <laughs> if you had taken the standard so congratulations nate you are even more worthless than you were before oh no <laughs> your, your character not you i love you nate i can sense the uh, love don't worry it's overflowing it's like an ever-flowing chalice right now mm. plus now if you come after me i can say you're targeting me because i'm so weak the real strats <laughs> Oh. Well, now I know what I'm definitely going to be doing because oh, then you can re-roll a new character with better hit points. Oh, man, <laughs> guys, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. All right, AJ, <laughs> you get to roll a d12 since you're a barbarian, so you have the capability of getting twice the number of hit points that Jasper has the potential of getting. Yeah, I could get two. So I could get two. you could get the same too. <laughs> yeah, it's also very possible. So. Give me that roll and add your con to it. I'm regretting this now. Oh, man. I just want to know if I'll get more hit points than you. No, it's impossible. All right, AJ, roll. Here we go. Well, would you look at that? That's a nine, baby. Oh, nice. Woo. Adding my con, I get a total of 12 health points. Nice. That's actually way better than it would have been if you had just taken the standards. So good job, AJ. You're even beefier than you were before. Don't worry. This meat shield will protect you, Jasper. (laughs) Good. Well, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice to help your friends. I gave him my HP pool. It was a transference thing. Uh, I I agree. That makes sense. Okay. (laughs) Give it to the front line. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Awesome. So now that we have that out of the way... Uh, I do want to talk real quick about your guys' companions, because you also have Theo's dog, Tuo, who is uh, an NPC companion. He has a a dog stat block. Um, He's going to gain some more hit points, too, just because I'm using the sidekick rule for D&D. So all he gets is, uh, how many is it, AJ? I think he gets like uh, six hit points. Yeah, I think it's just a standard six. Yeah, so he gained six hit points, and then your friend Laszlo also gained another five hit points himself. Even though he has not actually been involved in anything, he's still a companion, and he gets more health. Yeah, where is Laszlo? Where's that scamp? (laughs) I'll I'll talk about that after the recap. Man, NPCs with more hit points than Jasper. Loving it. Sometimes it happens. Oh, Nate. All right, so speaking of the recap... I'm just going to dive right into it. Last week, our adventurers were attacked by a serving girl from the Marble Throne Tavern, who had been following them for a short time. Um, This was after she had tried to warn you that people were disappearing and reappearing, and she was acting really strange before things just kind of went off the rails. Because when Jasper attempted to try to take control of her with a magic spell... Her veins turned black, and she began behaving as if something else was forcing her to act against you. 
And then after a quick fight, Jasper landed a lethal spell, but not before she took out Gunner and Vez with her kitchen knife. She then exploded into a small fireball when she died, which took out Gunner and Vez once again, immediately after Aegon had brought them back from the brink of death. Theo then went for help, and after bandaging their fallen allies' wounds, the standing members of the party then took them to the marble throne to recover, lathering them up with Neosporin. <laughs> so now, something is going on in this town, and our protagonists almost paid the price for getting even tangentially involved with it. So we are going to see how this starts to pan out after we have a little side story, a little, little flashback, if you will. The sounds of clinking metal drifts through the air as a brightly lit but heavily cluttered room fades into view. The walls are completely hidden, covered from floor to ceiling with boxes of clockwork mechanisms and assorted books, with only the minimal amount of space cleared for the rounded windows to allow the warm sunlight in. The floor is likewise littered with junk, with an assortment of parts and tools strewn everywhere, obscuring most of the ornate flooring. A small child-sized figure sits in a bright, colorful tunic at a table on the far side of the room, working away on some unseen project. The view slowly pans around, and we see that she is not a child, but a young gnomish woman sporting messy, light brown hair with small, two-pronged antlers poking out from the mess. She appears to be in her late teens or early 20s, but as a gnome, this equates to approximately 50 years of actual age. After turning the screwdriver in her hands a few more times, she looks up and beholds her work. An arm crafted from polished wood and brass its interior containing strips of leather fastened to a system of metallic mechanisms, which take the place of what would be muscles and tendons. She hops off her stool and runs to the center of the room, to the frame of a humanoid torso and head, which is similarly constructed of wood and brass. Without its plating, its inner mechanisms are on full display, showing a network of metal supports and minuscule tubing woven throughout it, and there is a small glowing core fixed into the center of its chest. It slowly turns its gaze to look at her as she skips up and proudly holds out the arm for it to see. Look, Jasper, she says, her face glowing with pride. Your first arm is done! Take a look at this! And she then reaches into the shoulder and pulls one of the leather tendons, and the arm bends at the elbow. She then pulls a few more further down, and the fingers clench and unclench. I finally got the arm to work! It was a lot harder than getting your neck right, but it's done! Now I won't have to wheel you around anymore! Soon you should be able to move about on your own volition! Jasper stares at her blankly for a second, processing her words before replying, Volition? What does that mean? The gnome chuckles before she looks back up at him and says, It means free will, Jasper. It's what makes us different from rocks and other inanimate objects. It's, uh, it's what makes us, well, us. Gia throws the arm down next to Jasper and hops to the floor and begins to rummage through the mess to find the correct tools that she'll need. Jasper continues to stare at her for a little bit before slowly cocking his head and asking, I am constructed of inanimate objects. Do I have free will? The gnome continues to rummage through her junk on the floor as she says, Of course you do. I built you that way. A stack of precariously stacked books tumbles over, almost hitting Jasper. He looks at them and then looks on over to her and asks, Why? The gnome looks up with a questioning glance and asks well what do you mean why you've you've never asked me that before is everything okay jasper everything is fine i'm just curious oh, oh okay gotcha 
Sheep dives back into digging through the mess on the floor. Well, I made you this way because I wanted a friend. And it's not really friendship if you don't get to choose to be friends. She then beams as she holds up a screwdriver and turns back to Jasper. Plus, it's an absolutely miserable living experience if you don't get to make some choices in life. She pats Jasper on the shoulder and the sound rings through his body. It's not worth building a nice tall friend if you can't play games with me, or if you can't pick me up and carry me through the streets. Now what do you say we get this all rigged up? That sounds nice to me. Thank you, Priscilla. The view then fades into Vez's room at the inn, with the changeling asleep in her bed, and Jasper sitting on the floor cross-legged. The windows are just the slightest of a dark blue as the sun is preparing to rise the following morning. And there's just enough light from a single lit candle for Jasper to examine the charred remains of the serving girl from the encounter yesterday. With a cold precision, Jasper runs his finger along the metal cords woven through the body slowly pointing and taking note of the places they are anchored as he analyzes how they forced the body to move when it was active. So now, Nate, what is Jasper thinking about right now? How is he, like, acting in this situation? Jasper is just filled with all the memories of his past, all these delightful memories. He just sits there, curious, at how things used to be so simple and so fun, honestly. All the golden days and stuff like that. And then as he begins to examine the body, he notices his hands made of gold and silver and all these ornate gems that run down his arm. And he just thinks how much things have changed in a sense and looks at the body and how it's almost woven to basically force the movements. And he basically just like cups the hand over the woman's face and says like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Freedom. I wonder what it was like to have lost it at some point. And you can see like a little bit of oil tear up on his eye and it falls onto her. Oh my gosh, just like the dra- it's it's like it's like the velociraptor scene from Jurassic Park where it cries. You're not expecting it, it just happens. No. So I think he's uh, probably just loud enough to wake Vez. Um, is everything okay over there? Jasper just turns and looks at her and says, The body is quite intricately woven. It seems to force its free will upon this host. And, to be honest, it seems to not have any external features that I can see to be shown through, no scarring or other things. Which is the scariest part. Just a reminder, Vez has literally just woken up, Janelle. Yeah. So she's, like, trying to follow. (laughs) Yeah. Jasper doesn't even notice and just continues monologuing, like, it seems like we should be more precautious as going forward. We do not know how many people have been taken. Uh, yes, Jasper, I think that is amazing points that I think we should bring up with the group. The whole group. Um, do we know if we have any, like, willow bark or something? Oh god, my head hurts. Um, yep. I do have medicine. I do know some basic herbs and other things like that. As he pulls out a mortar and piston and basically starts mixing. A A mortar and pestle? (laughs) Oh, mortal and pestle. pestle. Maybe it is a piston to the machine. (laughs) A mortal. uh, uh, (laughs) A a mortar and piston. (laughs) I love it. Yes, yes, yes. It's a mortar. Mortal? Mortar. 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 A mortal piston. Come on, Nate, you're, you're a chemistry student. Come on. I'm a chemical engineer. This means I know nothing about chemistry. That's rule number one. <laughs> exactly. A mortar and piston. He's got this grinding thing that counts <laughs> <laughs> herbs together and things like that. Because one thing about Warforge is it has to be integrated inside of them, too, in part. 
So his hand slightly opens up on one side with the little mortar coming out, and then the piston comes out and starts blending the herbs and grinding them, and basically pours some hot water in the inside and says, Oh, where are my manners? You don't look too well. Drink this. She kind of stares at it for a second, trying to decide (laughs) if this is something uh, she should trust or not. But uh, her headache wins out, and so she takes it from him and she drinks it. All right, so then we are going to jump on over to Gunner's room. Um, Gunner, you're asleep in bed and you're woken up to Aegon smearing some ointment onto your skin. Cold, 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 cold! Ah, va- oh, oh e- Aegon, va- what are you doing? Oh, good morning there, uh, Gunner. I'm I'm just applying some more Neosporin to your burned areas. Oh, yes. Neosporin. Mm. <laughs> yes, that will do quite nicely. Continue, please. Oh, God. I- I'm very glad that you're satisfied. I got a bit carried away yesterday, and I spent the whole of our uh, medication budget on Neosporin, so I hope Vez wasn't wanting anything. <laughs> well, I I think she's she's a pretty tough cookie. I I think I think she'll be fine. I I think this arrangement is quite nice. And and Gunner is just very pleased. He just I don't know what it is, but he just loves the feeling of fresh Neosporin on burnt oh, skin. Neosporin for all of your burn needs. <laughs> Pick it up at your local Walgreens or CVS. <laughs> oh God, man! Jesus, I mean, no. you can. They do have burn relief. They do, but like the burns in which we have, which are probably more, I don't know, second slash maybe third degree burns, it's not exactly appropriate. Just kind of putting that disclaimer in there. (laughs) Janelle, don't don't mess with our potential partnership with Neosporin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we just say it enough, we'll eventually be sponsored by it. Is that our our goal here? Mm -hmm. I guess so. I don't know. That's the goal now. Janelle, you've got some pharmacy connections. Make it happen. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) I-, I can promise you this. If you can bandage a wound, we can just fill the holes with Neosporin. That's exactly how it works. We just need a few tubs uh, worth to slather oh into the crevices. You guys make me very sad in my heart. Um. Anyways, back to so D&D. Moving on, from, moving on from that. Well, I was going to say, I think part of it too is that although they are severe burns, I do think that um, probably since... Aegon's healing magic has been uh, such a great assistance. I think they're... I would imagine they're much less severe than they would be if Gunner were to try and naturally heal over the course of one day after being, well, exploded. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think I think in the end, like, uh, Gunner's gonna walk away with just a small white line where the knife went into his neck, and then the burns are basically gone except for a slightly discolored spot on his forearm that he had like lifted to block the explosion. And Vez, similar situation, maybe a small scar and some light discoloration, but as a changeling, she can just whoop! Yeah, I was gonna like, say, morph it away. She has to monitor herself to make sure that she maintains the wounds, like the, the proper scarring that she is supposed to have in this form. Because if she isn't paying attention and lets her emotions kind of go overboard like she has previously, uh, they may kind of just disappear as she shifts. So, mm-hmm. or not shifts, I guess changes. Shifting is more of a gunner thing. Yeah, but, Daniel's uh, got the shifting thing. <laughs> as she changes. So she, yeah, has to be very conscious about now that she's gone down so many dang times, all of these wounds that she's supposedly supposed to have. <laughs> all this to say, Gunner is enjoying his... Neosporin bath? His Neospa. Ah, uh-huh. God. All right, so then we're going to move down to the ground floor of the Marble Throne, where it is almost completely empty, but for four people inhabiting the room. You have the proprietor behind the bar. He's cleaning his glasses. He's still wiping the sleep from his eyes. Because this is like ridiculously early morning. Sun hasn't even come up yet. 
The only other person besides people I'm going to talk about in a second is Mr. Smells, off in the corner eating his morning donut and drinking a cup of coffee. And then finally, we have Theo and Laszlo sitting across from each other at a small table. And Laszlo is looking at Theo with an incredulous look on his face. So, Theo, you're telling me you guys went to find the farmer and it ended in an explosion somehow. Um, yeah. I got, we got a shovel to help, didn't really help. Um, Tuo, do you want my bacon? Here, boy. Uh, Tuo leaps up on the table and, uh, well, no, he doesn't, probably doesn't leap up on the table. He's a good boy, so he waits patiently for you to throw some bacon down, but he's doing the tippy-tap thing. Good boy, good boy, good boy. Yeah, um, it was really weird. I've never, I've never really seen anything like it before. It, I mean, it... Look, Theo, I, and he kind of, like, puts his hands together in front of him and says... I get it, you guys, you want to play hero, but that's not what we're here for. Alright, we we have a plan. We've got something we're doing here. Like, if you guys go off to play hero, and you die, it's all for naught. I know, I... It's just... Look, Fio, 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 look. Us meeting a month ago, it was... I think it was fate. Okay, I've been thinking about it. Yeah! You know, we all we all came together at Red Hollow, and none of us knew each other. None of us had similar goals, yet all of our paths led here to Brimpton. I, I think there's something special about that. Like, look, the, Martian, the Marchioness of Brimpton is an oracle. Lady Hecate is an oracle. She can set us all on the right path as soon as we can get in to talk to her. That's not going to happen if you guys keep doing stupid stuff like this. But, but if we just leave people to to wallow, what what kind of path are we going to be on later? Well, preferably not the path where you guys die. Or where I die, more importantly. Well, don't worry, I'll protect you. Mm-hmm. But I like you that way. <laughs> because that's the way you are. Don't look at me like that. I just meant... You know, I don't want you to change. You're a great person, mostly. <sighs> oh, look, Theo. <laughs> Theo. Okay, Theo. Look, I get, I get it. I organized a meeting with Lady Hecate in two days. Once we meet with her, once we get back on track, we're leaving. Okay. End of discussion. We can't hang around here for too long. If they've got a problem here, they can deal with it themselves. Okay. So, Theo, I need you to promise me something. Okay. Can you promise me that no matter what happens, you guys won't try to play hero? And no sooner does he finish this, the doors of the tavern burst open, and a dwarven woman comes running in saying, We need heroes! We need heroes bad! (laughs) And uh, Laszlo just stares daggers right at Fio. (laughs) (laughs) And Fio's left in this conundrum. He's he's just sweating, looking looking at Laszlo, (laughs) looking at her, looking at Laszlo, looking at at Tuo, looking at Laszlo, looking at her. Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hero! And he stands up and goes towards the door, axe in hand. What's the problem? There's a, there's a slam as uh, Laszlo throws his face onto the table <laughs> and covers himself with his arms. Tell me this is when the choir just sings, I need a hero. <laughs> She's like, oh, you, yes. And she uh, runs forward, forward and she says, you look like the hero type. Yes, I get that a lot. <laughs> and Tuo, Tuo says, is a hero too, aren't you, boy? <laughs> yeah, your dog uh, runs up next to you. I need some help. Okay. What is it? Last night, one of my goats disappeared. Oh, goat. I need help finding it. What? what like, is this not normal? Is this like, there was, there's fire? Was there, was there blood? No, he just disappeared. Oh my gosh. So I need you to go out into the fields. I'll pay you. But if you can go out into the fields and find my goat, I would be very grateful. Okay. 
No need to pay. This is what heroes do. I'll be right back. I'm getting my sidekicks. Guys! You hear an audible groan from Laszlo. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys! Guys, we have a job! He starts running up the stairs. Tua! Vera! Vera! Doors... Doors are opening on all floors as uh, sleeping patrons peek out and see what the commotion is. It's a disaster! What? A, a disaster? What's going on? Now stay in your room! Someone's stealing goats! There's a moment of silence <laughs> and then a bunch of doors slam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's trudging to, to uh, Gunner's room. Uh, uh, uh. Gunner! Aragon! Gunner! Do, do you open the door? No, he's knocking. He's, he's being polite. <sighs> okay. What uh, is it? C- come in. Okay. Ba- and he bashes up the door. Guys, there's a there's a problem. It's not what it looks like. What Z- are you? Okay. Um. This this is not jelly on my face. This is neosporin. Ha- Fio, wh- what is it like to have neosporin on your skin? It's so hard. No, Gunner, like, just takes his hand, smears off the Neosporin on the right side of his face, and just, like, chases after Fio. How does Aegon react? Uh, Aegon just turns around and, you know, puts the the lid back on the big jug. (laughs) Uh, And and it pans over to the corner where you see uh, three empty jugs (laughs) sitting... In various states of disarray. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and Aegon uh, just follows them out of the room. All right, so there's a stampede of footsteps, uh, probably triggering Vez's PTSD as your door <laughs> slams open and the rest of the party uh, tumbles into the room. Vez, Jasper, I got you. And Gunner like slaps the side of Fio's like very red face. What does it feel like? It's cold! It's cold! Oh, so it does make you feel cold. That is good to know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fire genasi too, so I mean, I just run hot, but alright. Fez is sitting there, like, just mouth open, staring, like, blanket pulled up to her chin, like, <laughs> Vez? trying to figure out what the actual fuck is going on right now. <laughs> oh, well, um... And then you guys see uh, Jasper over in the corner playing with the dead body. So J- Jasper, what are you doing? He just picks her up and says, "This is so well built." Um, we did we not bury her? When did the, when did she? That that's a great question. He's kind of I think had her here all night. Um, um, I think you guys you guys have all been aware. That he's had the body this whole time. Oh, I was. I don't think. It, I don't think. It, no, it's not a surprise. Oh, I was just going yeah. off of the fact that he got there before anybody else, and he put Gunner up, and that I guess he. Oh, never mind. I, mean, just I, go I, with I it. Okay, I I see Theo not knowing, but I I think Vez's response should probably be something like Vez was aware the whole time, so she's kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm aware he's had it the whole time. Yes, Theo, we we knew he had Zabati. I just didn't know he was um. And Gunner kind of has this disgusted look on his face, like, I didn't know he was playing with it. So that that is so barbaric. N- n- no offense, Fio. Um, what do you mean? Uh, n- n- nothing. I, I I don't want to meta game. Okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, anyways, we have we have a we have a job. There's a goat missing, and maybe it's re- related. Um, Fio, do you really think that that? is more important than finding a missing person. What? I mean, also, no. wh- how would a missing goat be... Like, they have wolves. Like, that. it might have just been snatched by a wolf or maybe just, like, a thieving person. Like, I think finding our missing guy might be a little more important. Also, now that we know that, like, people are being snatched and then having, like, hardware shoved inside of them and that then takes them over... Jasper just says augmentation. I'm sorry. Augmentation, sh- like, taking over their ability to, like, control themselves. Is that not more important maybe than a goat? I, I was just thinking if, if, if people stolen with 
with with uh, metal than maybe goat stolen with with metal. Why would they waste their time getting a goat augmentations? I, like, what are they gonna do? Like, have the goat try to ram people? Goats do that already. Yeah, but it'd be like really powerful this time with like metal inside Fio, of it. Fio, Fio, just stop. Think think about this for just three minutes, and then come back to me, and we'll have another conversation, okay? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Think about these things. Um, okay. Jasper, we're going to have to bury her. I hope that you have figured out whatever you've needed to figure out, and then you also need to tell them the things that you decided to tell me when you woke me up, when I also had the headache, so I honestly don't really remember. I'm very sorry. Also, I'm not really sure what sort of medicine you gave me, but my head feels better, so I guess that's a bonus. I also did sleep for, like, another several hours, so I'm really not sure what that was. We'll come back to that later. At that moment, um, an old man pops up behind uh, Aegon, who's at the back of the group, and he says, I heard you needed to bury a dead body! <laughs> and uh, you, you spin around, you see an old man in, like, simple robes, <clears throat> accompanied by four guards and he says i am the undertaker and i shall be taking that body off your hands now we don't have a body in here oh no i'm sorry he's talking to uh aegon no he's talking he's talking to the group as a whole oh okay yes aegon tells the nice man we don't have a body in here jasper looks at vez and says give me the blanket she sighs and just tosses it to him. Oh, this is sitting awful. in her. The, the guards instinctively cover their eyes. I'm, I'm like they look, dressed. They look away. I'm tra- <laughs> my clothes are they just. Don't, they don't know that. <laughs> she looks down and she's still in her clothes from yesterday, so they're like definitely burnt and uh, not great, but they do their job. I think I think Gunner is going to take this opportunity to ham it up. Is like, what are you perverts doing? My sister is in this room and she is changing, and you just want to look in there. So one one of the guards uh, walks forward and he's still averting his gaze. He tries to like backhand you across the face, and instead he just punches you in the nose. Oh no! By accident. And he says, "We're on official business. Ow. You're under arrest. What? What? what for what?" You have a dead body. Well, we're going to leave it in the field. One of the other guards steps forward and says, uh, Timothy, they're not actually under arrest. The uh, the captain said that they're good to go. We just need to take the body. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Well, yeah, we're here to take the body. Oh, hey. oh thank goodness. Oh, jeez. Yes, give us the body Hey, you're gone. My nose hurts. Okay, how about we do this? How about... Um, you all leave my room, please, so I can, like, look like a person again. Just give us the party! We please. will! Just, like, no, give me- No, now! Very impatient. Yes, seriously. He he is looking a little a little aggressive what, for an uh, old man. Okay, like, I understand your need to bury her, but burying her at this very second versus burying her in, like, a minute is not going to change anything. Unless there's something you would like to tell us about why you need her at this absolute second. Uh, the guard that punched Gunner steps forward and says, Direct order from the captain. This is an official investigation and we can't have you holding on to the body. So please hand it over now. An investigation to what? And he, he looks a little sheepish and one of the other guards slaps him in the back of the head. And uh, the nicer guard steps forward and says, Well, I'm not really supposed to tell you this, but... This isn't the first time we've had a little fiery explosion. So we need this body because we're investigating. Is this but Steven? we're not really allowed to talk about it because we don't want to spread panic. And on top of that, you're outsiders. So it's not really like you, you should be involving yourself in our business in the first place. So our town, our body, please hand it over. And we'll be on our way and you can get dressed. And he's still looking away the whole time. <laughs> and we can all go about our day, our perfectly normal day, and we'll all be much happier. So just to verify with you all, it is come to your attention that you are missing people. They do come back different, and then some of them do explode in fiery deaths. And you also currently have a missing person, which I don't know if you knew that part. Look, look it's none of your business, okay? Just <laughs> give the body over. We just almost got exploded by a person. Um, Not our problem. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's now our business, old man. You are very strange. Who are you calling old? You, obviously. Aogon, uh. <laughs> I think he needs some Neosporin. I don't think that would help him much. Mm, it helps me, though. I mean, mm. Jasper, just give him the body. Just give them the body. Make them leave. I would like to not be in burnt clothes anymore. Yeah, so the, the meaner guard steps forward and says, okay, come on. G- give us the body. So before, while they're sitting there doing this, he's trying to cast actually minor illusion because there's no verbal components. And uh-huh. basically creates a, puts a blanket over her and then casts minor illusion. I'm checking to see if he can create a five-foot cube chest. Like a box in the corner. Oh my gosh. And he basically, but while he's trying to do this, he's just trying to walk before they really enter the place. And he's just sitting in the corner, basically just making like tools and other things. Okay, so and you're going to have to give me a stealth check because you didn't know they were coming. So you're, you're doing this like right as they're trying to enter the room. So give me a stealth check. Sure. Do I have any decks? That's the question. Nope. So that's an 11. Nope. The two guards up front are like, hey, 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 magic. No, no, no magic. And they uh, grab their spears and the two guards in the back uh, pull out their crossbows, loaded crossbows and point them at you. Oh, geez. Do we have to start to fight now? I thought this was negotiations. We're asking you for a fucking body. And that one guard steps forward, and the nicer guard doesn't stop him this time. Give us the god's damned body, or we will arrest you right here and right now. How close is he? You know what? I'm feeling like it. Hey, you guys, how do you guys feel about an arrest? Nope, I'm good. And and Fia just picks up the body and and shoves it towards them. Here you go. Here you go. Here, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. All right. I'm glad we could settle this. (sighs) And he motions and, uh one of the guards of the crossbow puts his away and picks up the body and then he looks back at you guys and he says I'll be watching you and uh, the nicer guard kind of gives you a sheepish look and says look I that was really stupid I'm sorry we're under orders to get the body yeah I can't I can't say much you guys have a good day was that Steven and no this is not Steven this is two uh, two different guards. I would have named them if they were important. <laughs> oh, I miss Steven. I miss Steven. Jasper writes no, down these their are... appearances to kill them later. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, they, they, they then turn and leave with the body. Mm. Although I will say it is, honestly, in this culture, it is kind of interesting that they didn't just arrest you after everything that just happened. So they take the body and they leave. I guess I'll go back downstairs and think for a bit. Gunner, would you like to join me? Gunner's standing back there, kind of shaken up by the whole thing. He's like, but, uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, uh, uh, sure. Jasper just bumps through both of you, leaving the building. Oh, there he goes. Here, we can have a hero's breakfast while we talk and, and watch Jasper leave. Okay. Is that Aogon? A- do, do you like eggs? I certainly don't mind them. All right, so we are just gonna we're just gonna jump forward now, and you guys are all leaving the inn. The sun is starting to crest over the nearby hill, and it's filling the streets with just like the beginning of the early spring days warmth. People in town are all already milling about, getting ready for their day, and now you guys are prepared to start on today's mission. So what are your guys' plans for today? Did Fio think about what Vez told him to think about? Well, so what I was going to do was was try to convince Gunner and Aegon to come with me and look for a goat while he quote-unquote thought about things. Uh, oh, okay. if, you, <laughs> if you tell Jasper about the goat, he's going to tell you his job is not animal control. Well, you said you left. Just- so that's. I was just a little confused because we skipped ahead to do stuff and... Technically, he's not with you all. Fear's going to take Gunner and Aegon, and they're going to go out looking for a goat if they want to. I think Gunner would say to that, Okay, but we get one hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then we have to find Farmer Rolf. 
We never found him. He's he's still out there somewhere. I think that they're connected, but Vez says no, so I'll think about it, maybe. You, you, you can't just... We are not your parents. You can't just say I'm going to think about it to every person. You know? I'll think about it. <laughs> Aragon, you're in, right? I'm afraid not, Theo. Oh. Uh, I think that it's much more important that we look for more information on Farmer Rolf. I, I just feel like... I, I just feel like they're going to find information over there, but okay. Okay. And then he goes off. Okay, so, so far we have Jasper going off on his own, and now Theo is going off on his own. Well, with, with uh, Gunner for an hour. Yeah, with Gunner. For, for, for one hour. So that leaves Vez and Aegon once again. <clears throat> uh, she sees that all of her comrades had just left her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she, like, quickly, like, pays the 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 innkeeper for a donut since apparently those are a thing here and grabs it and like runs out um and catches up with Aegon um where are they going uh Theo and and Gunnar are going to look for a goat for some reason <laughs> and Jasper stormed off somewhere uh I I figured that I'd look for more information on where farmer Rolf went um, I think that's probably the best idea. Do we want to try to grab Jasper? Is he still around? Is he just like pouting? I'm I'm not sure where he went. All right, so Nate, where is Jasper run off to? Jasper and his rage is basically just walking around, just looking at the crowds of people, eventually just slip through and disguise himself as a tall elven man. So I will be casting Disguise Self on myself. It's one action verbal somatic, and it lasts for one hour. From there, it'll change everything about my appearance, clothing, and weapons to look like it's someone else. The effect ends when I use an action to dismiss it. I can seem one foot shorter or one foot taller than you appear, thin, fat, or in between. But I cannot change my... Uh, body form in any ways only the cover that's around me in a sense so if i had extra limbs and appendages for example things will just go right through them in a sense mm -hmm. if someone mm -hmm. was to touch my hat obviously it just goes through my hat and uh, the spell save is an investigation check to basically against my spell dc to know if it was an illusion so you have to okay. actively investigate it or i guess run into me and hit a metal body Oh my gosh, so this must be big for you because you're you're dropping a first level spell slot to do this. Of course. So yeah, he's going to disguise himself. So what's he doing now? So he's just a tall elven man with some green eyes and he just walks around. Then he goes up. I guess he'll then just walk up to someone selling sheeps and animals or the pelts of them if there's a skinner nearby. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, these are some nice swears. Um, yeah, yes, they are. I pride myself. Uh, are you looking to buy? I am indeed looking to buy, good sir. And his voice is audibly different at this point. A little bit. Okay, a little more, a little more elven, ethereal sounding. Uh, what are you looking for? You see, I'm just looking for some, uh, what did, uh, Farmer Ralph technically sell? Like, um, what was he, his, uh, he farming? Cat he herded cattle. He's like, I'm looking for some cattle hides. Oh, well, I'm, I'm afraid I don't sell cattle hides. I, uh, I sell sheep's wool and uh, the occasional goat hide, but nothing oh, beyond that. I see. Do you know anyone that would sell cattle hide by any chance? Uh, there are many farmers who sell cattle hide. Um, from, from a Rolf, if you're looking for him, his uh, well, stall's normally over there, but maybe he's maybe he's drunk again. I don't know. I see. Yeah, uh, like when he, when he opens up shop, I'd recommend uh, heading to him. Thank you. Where's the stall, by any chance? Oh, right, right over there. Okay. And you see there's an empty stall over there. All right, so now, Nate, you head on over towards Farmer Rolf's stall. There are some other farmers milling around nearby, setting up their stalls for the day. Uh, what exactly are you looking for? What What's kind of your goal over here? My goal is just to look for anomalies around the stall, basically. Just look around and if someone asks he's like i would just basically say i was i came to the city to do business with a farmer rolf 
if anyone really asks and things like that. And he just kind of glances around to see if there's any markings that are different, anything struggled, as if there's any forceful attempts on taking it anyway, or anything just unusual. Anything that would be kind of like the augmentation scene before, if there's any connection I could make. Okay, why don't you give me a perception check to see if you can find anything over there. That's a 13. Okay, so you're looking around, you're trying to be sneaky, trying to make sure nobody like sees you trying to find things, and uh, under the stall, you do find a small discarded ring. It's just a basic silver ring with some like uh, symbols hammered into it. Doesn't look like it's worth a whole lot, but it's something. And it was like stored like in the in the stall. And Looks just, like it may be a wedding ring. I'll just take the ring then. And then he just continues walking off. Alright, so he's away from the rest of the party. And I guess we'll jump to Gunner and Fio. Where are they heading off to? Well, Theo has it in his head for some reason that the, the goat is connected to missing things in general. So he's going to head over to the Dwarven Woman's uh, fields and then make his way towards uh, Farmer Rolf's fields. Hopefully meeting up with everybody else, since Gunnar only wants to spend an hour actually looking for the for the goat. And Gunnar, I, Gunnar likes that. Okay, so she probably gave you the information before uh, before she left, so... Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you were in a rush, but she probably waited patiently down in the tavern. She saw the, the guards go upstairs, saw them come down with something wrapped in a blanket, and then saw you come down immediately after that. <laughs> okay, so you, you arrive um, at this dwarven woman's home, kind of near the edge of town. It's kind of close to the walls, but not quite out into the fields. And uh, she sees you and she waves. And when you walk over, she says, Yes, my goat, it, it disappeared from right over here. And she uh, leads you to her goat pen out behind her house. And it kind of opens up into like a, a view of the fields. Like there are no other houses behind her. And she says, Yes, he was right here in the pen. And he wasn't here this morning. Okay, okay. Um, Gunner, you, you go over there. And I'll, I'll go over, over there, and I'll, I'll look for stuff. Yeah. V- wait a minute. Let's let's look at the fence. I mean, uh, lady, no no offense, but did... No, did no, you that's her t- fence. You, she has a no, fence. Oh, uh, no. <clears throat> Theo, listen. Huh? Is it entirely possible that the goat just slipped under the fence and left? Is there... I... Who, who's I, he talking to? Is he talking to the dwarf or to Fio? The dwarf. Kind of, but kind of, but I think he's talking to Fio, but like, kind of making like, kind of going back and forth eye contact to the uh, dwarven woman, like, hey, like, you know, did you double check what you were talking about? Okay, okay, so okay, so she looks up at you and she says, "Well, I was in such a panic, I didn't look." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Okay, we will. How big is your fence? Oh, and she she just leads you out. It's a it's a small pen, like something you'd keep a, a single goat in. Okay, we will do a very quick investigation, and then we will be on our way if we do not find anything. And if we hear anything about a missing goat or a wandering goat, we shall let you know. Does that sound good? That would be great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to leave you guys there, and we're going to go back to Vez and Aegon. So, Vez, do you, do you have any ideas of where we should go looking for Farmer Rolf? I know yesterday we were thinking about going to his fields. I mean, I figured that's just where the group would start today, since that's our lead, and maybe... Maybe we'll run into to Theo and Gunner there since they're sort of going that way, I guess, looking for this goat. And I don't know. I don't know about Jasper. He's just going to have to catch up, I guess. But maybe we should just go start there. I would agree, yes. Okay. Well, let's go. Maybe we stop by Rebecca, make sure she's doing okay, because I 
from what I kind of overheard Theo talking about, we may or may not have traumatized her just a little bit. Um, with the dead body and us and everything. So maybe we go check on her and then go see which fields belong to them and go and check for him there. That sounds like a great idea. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. The songs Waterkeep, Tinkerer's Workshop, and Salt Marsh are all from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 4.0.